It's time for another exciting, enthralling, stupefyingly monotonous, and entirely unnecessary episode of TV Chinwag. Please welcome your hosts with the meh, Ryan and Jules. Good afternoon, everybody. Good evening, good morning, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of TV Chinwag. My name is Ryan, and with me, as always, is a woman whose second favorite thing to eat is bacon. (laughs) Hi. Welcome, Jules. And I've had only bacon to eat this morning, but that was very good. Yes, it's good morning here from down under. I I I had bacon today, too. Snap! Yeah, it was delicious. And can I share with share with everyone, because I'm sure they'll be fascinated, I'm actually, and this is not a euphemism, I'm actually making bacon at the moment. What? What does that mean? I'm making bacon. Okay. I am, make, I am turning a piece Are of you... raw, raw oh my... pork into yummy, yummy bacon. How do you do that? Now, did you have to raise the pig first? Uh, no, I bought a dead piece of pig. Okay. Uh, which I was assured had a happy life mm-hmm. uh, and, and sacrificed itself as tribute to my bacon making. And there's a very smart company here has capitalized on the current love of bacon, current and love of bacon, and they're selling these little kits that sell you the curing stuff. Um, and you basically put a bit of pork, slab of pork belly in a bag with all the curing stuff, and in my case, some bourbon and um, maple syrup, so I can have bourbon maple bacon, and you cure it for seven days, and then you slow cook it for a while, and then you have bacon. That sounds delicious. I'm hoping it will be. So another five days, I will, next podcast, I will report back on my making my own bacon. Well, you hang in there, Jules. That's a long wait. <laughs> I know. That's why I had to go out for bacon for breakfast this morning. But I'm sure people haven't tuned in to TV Chinwag just to hear about our love of bacon, although I'm sure most people listening do also share our love of bacon. And if you enjoy our love of bacon, you should probably be watching Epic Meal Empire. Have you seen it yet, Jules? I haven't seen Epic. I'm a long-time uh, Epic Meal Time viewer. Even uh-huh. have the T-shirt, uh, but uh, I haven't watched Epic Meal Empire, and maybe we should review that sure. uh, at some point because I'm sure many of our listeners uh, would uh, appreciate um, the epicness. Yeah, and, and they, the bacon bacon-iness. They bacon-iness and bourbon souse, as they say. Right, right. <laughs> but they don't actually they don't talk about the booze a whole lot in the show. The liquor. Not not in the, uh, Empire. They do in Epic Meal Time. Yeah, but not in Empire. Oh, okay. I can don't talk maybe about I, the liquor. Okay, maybe I'll have to drink while I'm watching it to make up for it. But there's liquor in one of the shows we're talking about today, isn't there? Oh, lots of it. But first, uh, <laughs> a couple of little bits of news. Ooh, what do you got? Um, well, of course, all the all the new series are dropping at the moment, so there's pilots everywhere, and we'll be we've decided to give shows, you know, at least three episodes because I think, uh, you know, people would generally agree that it's hard to do an excellent pilot. A pilot carries with it um, a burden that normal episodes don't because it needs to, you know, set up a whole new universe for you and introduce characters and story and place. Uh, And it's incredibly hard to do a good pilot. So I think it's uh, always a bit premature to judge a show 
solely based on its pilot, unless that show is absolutely shit. Um, <laughs> and I have watched one, which I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I have watched one so far that was execrable. But I did at least watch the second episode just to give it a chance. Wow, you're uh, brave. Well, you know, uh, even I think, you know, you can have a really – no, I don't. I think if your pilot's really shit, you no know, coming back from that. Uh, but I here's, think you, here's an example of where you're wrong, Spartacus. Okay. Oh, you didn't like the pilot at all? Oh, God, I thought the first few episodes were just atrocious. I didn't think they were atrocious, but they were um, – compared to the rest of the series, they were a bit dire. Right. And and it is one of those shows where I think you need to um, – I usually recommend when I'm introducing people to hang in for the first, you know, four episodes or so. Can you think of any other shows that have had either really, really good pilots or really, really bad pilots? Uh, not off the top of my head. Um, no, I'm. I'm not. I'm. You know what? I thought I had a really great pilot was uh, Prison Break. Prison yes. Break pilot I thought was fantastic, and and I I still enjoyed the show after that. I don't know if it lived up to that first episode or not, but I thought it was really good. I still I still hold the first season of Prison Break as one of my favorite seasons of TV. Yeah, uh, I think it was. Uh, it was fantastic storytelling, and it was a real. Uh, I do think it 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 lived up to that opener. Um, from season two onwards, let's just not talk about it. Um, <laughs> particularly by the end, um, others lost, of course. I think, and we did have it was the tenth anniversary of uh, of that plane crash this week, and I think the opening episode of Lost was was pretty extraordinary. Yeah, I, I agree. That was pretty all time epic. It was, and it didn't, in some ways it was, you know, some shows you can watch the pilot and you really get the feel and you know what the series is going to be about. That wasn't the way with Lost. I think uh, you did, it actually took most of the first season to work out, uh, you know, to really find itself or to let you know what it was on about. But um, regardless of that, it was an epic, epic um, first season. And as it turned out, I don't think you could sum Lost up in one episode. Oh God, no, no! He wouldn't. He didn't even get close. He couldn't even sum it up. Sum it up in the first season. You, you, some people would say you couldn't sum it up after the whole six seasons had finished. Uh, but yeah. it's amazing to think it's ten years ago since that. Um, since that aired, and and I know it's a show that uh, you loved as well, and and I still think it hasn't quite um, gained its place in the uh, in the TV Hall of Fame that it. I have no doubt one day it will have. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I do think it goes down in history as one of the, the best. Uh, yeah, no problem there. We'll um, put it in our Hall of Fame, our TV okay. Chinwake Hall of Fame. It's definitely in our TV Chinwake Hall of Fame. Um, and I wanted to mention a couple of articles uh, that were uh, out this week, and I am get you to list them on our TV Chinwag website because um, – if you like uh, reading and talking about TV, there were a couple of excellent essays. Um, I just, you know, a lot of TV, what passes of TV criticism these days is basically people recapping episodes, which is a bit of a snooze fest as far as I'm concerned. Because uh, if you've watched the show, I don't need to read someone else tell me what happened. Um, yeah, I never quite understood that. Because, you know, when we were putting together TV Chidwag, that was one of the options you know, do we recap? But what's the point? If you've seen it, what? why are you interested in having someone explain what you've seen? 
unless you're really stupid. Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. Possibly. Um, anyway, occasionally, you know, there are people out there writing good stuff um, about television. Uh, and I thought I'll over the coming weeks, I might drop a, a few links into to some good stuff. Um and speaking of Lost, Javier Grio Marxois, who uh, was a writer for Lost, also Charmed, uh, did a TV series, The Middleman, based on his comic series. Um, I've seen him speak a few times at Gallifrey One, which is a Doctor Who con held in LA. And um, we share a, uh, you know, I think a, a love for the meta of TV um, particularly looking at how it's made, looking at the new, uh, the changes coming up that are on us in terms of broadcasting. And he's got a great um, essay in the Los Angeles Review of Books this week called um, Gilding the Small Screen, or Is It Just Me, or Did TV Get Good All of a Sudden? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we'll drop a link to that. I'm not going to try and recap it now, but it it touches on some of the things that Ryan and I have have talked about on this show of uh, being in a, a golden age of television, um, but it's 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 more a, it's a more critical and insightful look uh, than perhaps we've uh, given in our brief time here. The other uh, essay is by Adam Sternberg on Vulture, and it's called "The Age of the Streaming TV Auteur and looks at um, as we've talked about the rise of places like Netflix and. Netflix and Amazon Prime, and particularly how that's uh, attracting people who previously we would have seen really on the the indie film circuit. Um, uh, really interesting reflections on that. So we'll drop those couple of links in, so we can make you think about things. Um, Excellent. Make sure you send was, them to me because I'd like to read those as well. Yes, I will. I will, make, and there will be a pop quiz next week. Okay. Uh, interestingly, speaking of Netflix, uh, they did a survey in Canada apparently uh, recently, asking people about their opinions on spoilers. And I think the the basic uh, conclusion was people don't care, which I think uh, would depend who you ask and what you ask about. But uh, what's your stance on spoilers, Ryan? Yeah, people are way too, uh, in my opinion, too crazy about spoilers. <laughs> you know, you're only spoiling something if you give away the end of it. So, you know, to find out at the end of Sixth Sense what the big gag is, or at the end of, um, uh, what was that movie? Uh, with the Anything you know, by M. Night Shyamalan, basically. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> or, or the movie with the, um, for, I'm going back early 90s now with the uh, transsexual um what the hell was that? Anyways. Oh, the, and, um, yes, yes, I know the one you mean. You know the one I mean. Yes. That, those things are spoilers the where... The crying game. The crying game, thank you. That's spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, those are the sorts of things that if you hear about them, it changes how you're going to watch the movie. Um, you know, I suppose the Red Wedding could be spoiled, but... Not really. I mean, if somebody told you the outcome, oh, by the way, something happens, I don't know that that spoils it. It, it, I mean, it gets close to it, but (laughs) you need to give away pretty huge plot devices um, that are hidden from the audience in order to be classified as a spoiler. Well, Game of Thrones, uh, which you alluded to then with the Red Wedding, is a, is a, an interesting example, given that we've got a, a TV series which is based on books that have been out for 
over a decade. Um, so, you know, for people who read the books uh, back from the beginning, uh, you'd be thinking, well, you know, it's pretty ridiculous to ask me not to talk about something. It's a bit like, you know, guess what, Darth Vader's Luke's father. Spoiler. Right. You know, if you've managed to avoid that over, th- you know, 30 years, 40 years, then, you know, good luck to you. You, I don't know where you've been. Um right. So, you know, Game of Thrones is an interesting one and I have to always ask people because I've read all the books, you know, where are you, you know, have you read the books or where are you up to in the books and where are you up to in the series? Um, I, I have a – it's very hard these days to avoid spoilers. I mean, they are – you know, another word for spoilers is teasers. I mean, they're the grist of how you market a TV show. You have to give away some of the plot. Uh Otherwise, there's no marketing. Um, so, bit promos and things like that, synopsis and interviews beforehand are all set up to make you want to watch. Um, some people I know, you know, don't want to know anything going into to watching a show, which is, if you, you know, if you have the internet these days, is going to be almost uh, impossible. I know some people who don't want to know the title of an episode uh, okay. beforehand, which Most people would argue it's very rare that a title is actually going to spoil you for critical content. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people don't like to know maybe returning characters. Um, And certainly it is a different experience to watch something when you know none of these things. How much, I mean, how much something is ruined for you or spoiled for you, I suppose is going to depend on, you know... Uh, who you are, um, but I think it's very hard to have a totally un, uh, uninformed mind going into any episode of television these days. I mean, there's sometimes when I wish I didn't know things because it's a nice surprise when a guest star turns up or whatever, but as you say, yeah. whether whether that spoils your viewing of it or just changes it. And I know some people, um, certainly on Supernatural, we've had uh, guest stars go to great lengths, in, including not having their name in the credits to hide the fact that a character is going to return. And I appreciate that because it's nice to have that reveal of, oh, they're back. Um, but that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen very often. If the credits are at the beginning of a show, you usually yeah. know who's, who's going yeah. to be in it. Um but it's interesting too these days with um you know things like Netflix dropping a whole season of a show at once um it becomes very difficult then because some people are going to watch the whole thing you know in a weekend and other mm-hmm. people will take a lot longer to watch it and mm-hmm. it makes those conversations then very <laughs> difficult yeah exactly yeah it does and you know you're not really able to um well, there's there's a fine li- there's also a fine line between what you want people to know about the story beforehand and what you want them to figure out on the way through. Like you were saying, with actors hiding their names and things like that. Yeah. To me, it's almost better not to have any spoilers. But when you get into promotions, like you were talking about, like next week on, yeah, and you show you set up these situations. I don't think that spoils it for me necessarily, but I know that if I'm power watching through something um, and that comes up next time on, I usually stop it and just start the next episode. Yeah. Do you tend to do that too? Or yeah, do you like look, to and see I, 
no, no, I like I I prefer to go in cold as it is, um, and I prefer to know less. But at the same time, I'd actually like to be teased as well. Um, I I love anticipation. I like to be thinking. Is it? Oh, they've 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 hinted at this. Is is it going to go this way or that way? You know, uh, uh, I like to speculate. Um, and I think if you're talking to anyone about a show or you're part of a fandom or anything, that's part of the enjoyment of watching something week to week too. Is thinking what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to be teased uh, about that. I just don't like to be told what's going to happen before I've watched the show. Um, and you can certainly see, you know, some promos uh, are absolutely appalling at giving away, um, you know, crucial moments that <laughs> you're like, well, I don't need right. to watch it now. <laughs> um, yes. So I do think it's it, it's a fine line. Of course, then you have the issue that uh, with social media these days and a lot of people, you know, uh, will tweet, live tweet while they're watching um, and you you have this period of, of a day or so around a show airing when um, people can get very cranky online about being uh, spoiled because, you know, for example, I'm, I'm at work in Australia uh, when most shows are, are airing in the US. So if I check Twitter at all, I'm going to most likely – see people talking about the show they're watching or have just watched. Um, at that point, I take it it's my responsibility to get the fuck off Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and I think as uh, Mark Shepard once put it, as if you, don't, if, if, if you haven't seen the game and you don't want to go know the score, don't go down the pub. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, I think you, after a show airs or when it's airing, it, it, uh, the responsibility shifts onto you to put your head in a uh, in a bag until you get a chance to see it um but look i or in an oven or in an oven and look i uh so i run a website that is totally spoiler free i have a policy on our twitter account of not posting spo- not posting details of the episode for 24 hours after it's aired and that's purely because of the you know people asking me not to. Uh, it's very hard sometimes if I watch live not to be commenting and <laughs> to be squeeing without saying things. But um, but I think as an, if I on my own account, I'll say what I damn well like after I've watched the show. And if you don't want to know it, well, get off get off the internet. Right, makes sense. And if you care that much, you will. If you if you don't care that much, well then you know you'll have to risk what people are saying. So, um, but it is it's an interesting conundrum of uh, of modern life on TV and the internet. Yeah, I, I remember when the Red Wedding aired, and I went on Facebook, and I'm like, oh my god, that was the most insane episode ever! I can't believe that. I can't believe you know how crazy that was. Yeah, and I got people being like, hey, hey, spoilers! What? Do you- what are you doing? I haven't watched the episode yet. And I'm like, like well, I haven't but told I didn't you anything. say anything, you idiot. <laughs> I didn't say, oh my God, so-and-so got killed or anybody got killed. I said it was at a crazy episode. Which you can say with, you know, every second episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyways, bizarre. People, bizarre. people can get very um, angry when they think they've been spoiled, even when they right. haven't. Um, so some people need to chill out and other people yeah. also need to stop deliberately ruining things. And, uh, you know, when you do know ahead of time what's 
what's happened um, because that's just mean. Yeah, and not cool at all. No, we don't like people who aren't cool. But, hey, we've got a couple of cool shows to review this week in the long list of just when Jules had given up on comedy on television, Ryan introduced her to a couple <laughs> of TV shows that made her laugh. <laughs> and they're not the first one. So I have, I have you to thank personally for reigniting my love of comedy on television. Oh, that's awesome. I, I take that as a great compliment. <laughs> uh, and what, So what are we going to be talking about this week? We're talking about uh, shows with a Canadian and a show with an Australian. The first one we're going to talk about is, and this is not usual for us, but we're going to jump right to season eight of <laughs> Trailer Park Boys. Get this fucking thing lit up! I'm turning my trailer into a hockey rink. Let's make some money. I like your things there. You are a certified genius. Can I get a Zaya? Yeah. One, two, three, three, two. Fuck! <laughs> tell now, us Jules, about you, tell us Now, you, you were unaware, or no, you're not unaware, but you had not watched Trailer Park Boys before this, correct? I had seen a couple of bits because. Uh, as soon as you know Canadians uh, and they come into your life in their wonderful way that they do with their right. maple syrup and their bacon and 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 yeah. everything, they bring trailer liberal park. views on homosexuality. <laughs> they bring trailer park boys with them, and it's one of I have found it one of those things that multiple Canadians had said, "Oh, you've got to watch this, eh?" Um, so I had seen. <laughs> That's not how you use the word "eh." Oh, well. <laughs> Okay, I haven't watched Obviously, they taught you nothing. They taught me nothing, and we have established we're both, you and I are both terrible at um, accents. Anyway, yeah, so I had, I had seen a couple of little bits, and then you took me along to see Swearnet. So I don't know if we want to talk about that before, during, or after. Yeah, let's talk about Swearnet. Now, that was when you were here in Canada, and we did a podcast, and then we left and went to the movies. Because I had nobody else that I could take to go see a movie that was based entirely on swearing. <laughs> Which says a lot about our relationship, I think. Yeah. Um, and it was hilarious. It was very hilarious. Now, SwearNet, for those uh, who probably don't even know that a movie existed, is created by the three guys from Trailer Park Boys. Um, uh, Mike Smith, Jean-Paul Tremblay, and... Um, uh, Ricky, who plays, is played by Rob Wells, uh, as well as um, they also had um, the guy who plays Randy uh, on there, Pat Roach. Uh, and it's a movie where they play themselves instead of playing their Trailer Park Boys people. And this is particularly strange because in the past eight seasons of Trailer Park Boys, and we're talking going back to uh, what was the first year, like 2000 or 99 or something. Um, anytime they do any sort of um, promotion for Trailer Park Boys or public appearances or anything like that, they always go as the characters. They're never the actors playing those characters. They go as those characters being invited to a talk show. Because the, the whole point of Trailer Park Boys was it was a mockumentary. Um, and it started you know, way back in the day following these punks uh, around the trailer park. So 
when the show went to series, they continued that mockumentary style where it would be a camera crew. And sometimes the camera crew would get involved. They would get into fights with the guys. or <laughs> They weren't characters, but you knew you were watching or they gave you the illusion that you were watching a documentary being filmed on, on these guys, hence the mockumentary. So to see these four guys as playing themselves, albeit, I'm sure, versions ridiculous of versions of themselves, <laughs> um, was, a, was a trip in its own right. To see them playing um, desperate, down-and-out Canadian actors who have no money and, <laughs> and have to try and get their shit together uh, is very funny. They play very different characters than they do in the Trailer Park Boys, where Rob Wells plays Ricky as a dumb idiot who gets everybody into trouble. In the Swearnet world, he he's much you know he's smarter and more put together, but you know has women problems and stuff. Um, Swearnet was something that they started to start doing their own skits, and it's actually a website. You can go there and you can watch a whole bunch of hilarious stuff that they've done. Where they're playing different characters, they're not playing the the trailer park characters, um, and from that they spawned this movie called SquareNet, which is about them starting their own network and where everything is about motherfucking cunty swearing. Right, that's right, and it's all about swearing and different stupid ridiculous things, and it's a uh, about them doing that. That movie goes on, and in the end of it, I guess we're spoiling the end of it, but. In the end of the SwearNet movie, they meet the Trailer Park Boys and offer them <laughs> a contract to come back and do an eighth season of Trailer Park Boys, um, which goes hilarious. And that's how the movie ends, with the Trailer Park Boys being jazzed that they just signed this big contract to do another season of Trailer Park Boys, and the documentary crew coming in and starting to film them me- immediately uh, while they're still in the parking lot. So that gives you a little bit of meta information on why season eight of Trailer Park Boys is so fucking hilarious. And and um, and the a sort of additional measure is that they've been bought back by Netflix. So right. Uh, and and you know just reading up on on it, you know it's had this uh, obviously a hugely long history. Uh, you know over you know going over a decade where it's it's been. You know, it's come back sort of a couple of times, uh, and and I think everyone had thought it had gone until yes, Netflix have revived it for for season eight. So it's it's meta upon meta, which always mm, pleases my heart. Yes, it's very meta, <laughs> and I I think geez, the last season um, I think was in two thousand seven, so it's been gone quite wow, a long time. Wow, that is a long time. Yeah, and they've done and not I don't think because it wasn't popular because everyone watched it. I, I just think, I don't know if they just got bored or the, they couldn't make it work financially or whatever the case was. But they went on and did a few movies since then. Uh, Countdown to Liquor Day and Don't Legalize It, which came out this year um, that we never saw. Uh, and there was an also one, another one called The Big Dirty, which came out in 2006. Um, they were fine. They, you know, there's still, there's still no good Canadian movie that's ever been made, Jules. Uh, which is surprising considering how many, you know, funny Canadians there are and talented uh, crew members, but there's never been a really successful Canadian movie. I think the most successful is a show called uh, Bad Cop, Bond Cop it's called. It's, okay. it's, uh, it's like, a, I don't even fucking know, it's a good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Um, oh. So, 
Trailer Park Boys was sort of the the great white hope, if you will, for <laughs> um, for bringing out a, a great Canadian movie, a la you know, uh, Strange Brew, Bob and Doug McKenzie sort yeah. of thing. So I, now, I actually coming in from the outsider, i.e., the down under outsider. <laughs> What was your immediate take on on watching it? Did you go back to season yes, one? Yes, I, I uh, look. I'm. Uh, I don't. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a completist, but um, I did want to see where it started. Um, I, you know, not that I thought there was going to be uh, vital information I needed, but um, you know, I just thought, given it had been around for so long, it, it would be good to go back and see where it started. And I think it's interesting how. Um, Season eight is recognisably the same as season one. I mean, shows often, uh, you know, as is season four, season, season six. And, yeah. So you you actually uh, the good thing is you know it's not high art. No, there, uh, and you, you don't need to you don't need the backstory. You don't need to know what happened in seasons yeah. three, four, or five. You can dive right. right into to season eight. I mean, as with any character comedy, it take. It takes you a little while. It'll take you, or oh, probably two episodes, <laughs> um, yeah. to get the different characters um, and, and what their shtick is. Um, but you get into it pretty quickly. You know, this is this is broad comedy, uh, and um, it's hilarious. Uh, it, it reminded me uh, for Australians, and and please, if you watch the American version, just ignore that totally. Uh, but it reminded me of a two Australian series, uh, Kath and Kim, which was hugely popular down here, and also a series called Fat Pizza, um, which I might drop you a link to a couple of episodes of. But uh, very much Fat Pizza esque in its um, in its humour and its characters. I thought uh, so. You know, it's a it's a type of comedy I'm I'm familiar with, and and Obviously, there's going to be a. It's very Canadian, uh, so there are yeah. going to be references, whether they're to shops or products or TV shows or whatever, or, um, or deep cultural things of deep cultural meaning that I miss out on. But you don't feel that you're missing the whole joke because it's not that deep. <laughs> I, I like, I like, I like you alluding to the fact that Canada has a culture. Um, <laughs> Why don't you, can you just, I don't think we've even described what Trailer Park Boys is in essence or who's in it. Do you want to give us the overview of what it sure. is? Sure. So, uh, and this, oh, I'll even go back seeing I actually watched the pilot. So there's, um, oh. <laughs> so I think we start off with, with uh, the two two of the main characters, Ricky and Julian, getting out of prison uh, and going back to the trailer park where they live. And so I suppose, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows what a trailer park is. Uh, we don't quite have the equivalent here in Australia. Uh, we have what we would call caravan parks, but there's not so many that have long-term residents. So these are basically people who live in trailers. Um, that's funnily enough. Uh, and right. they have – it's their community. So it's a bit like living in a, you know, a, a street. Um, and – so each of the characters, Julian's sort of the one who's the smarter one. Uh, Ricky, Ricky's not so smart and is often the one that makes them all get into trouble. Uh, there's Bubbles, who is almost impossible to describe. <laughs> he's either a savant or he's an idiot or both. Um, 
they're all pretty much drunk and stoned most of the time. Um, they invent early on a currency based on hash, hash coins, which is hilarious because it's like, why bother to, you know, sell dope and get money for it and then exchange the money for goods? Why not just exchange the dope for goods? Which seems to work out pretty well for them, <laughs> even with people who aren't in on the sort of, you know, the, the, the whole system, that people seem quite happy, which is a very Canadian thing, I think. <laughs> sure, you're going to give me hash for Maybe, some groceries. Yeah. That sounds fair. Um, and then there are other yeah. characters yeah. like... Um, Mr. Leahy, who runs the caravan at uh, the trailer park, and there's um, uh, the woman that Ricky's got a daughter with, and, and so there's and there's a sort of a hip hop style, uh, hip hop esque gang, <laughs> uh, which is again um, uh, they're a skit unto themselves, and and so basically every episode is yes. usually some harebrained scheme to make money, um, basically. That's usually involving Ricky taking advantage of his two helpers, Corey and Trevor, or in this case, Corey and um, what's the other guy's name? Yes, the new one. Uh, 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 um, sorry, it'll come yeah, to so me. Anyways. They have some, yeah. it's either making money or they've got to get something for someone. You know, it could be as simple as a birthday present or something. Um, oh, I should mention one of my favorite characters is um, Orangey the Goldfish. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> which is Ricky's goldfish, uh, which uh, Bubbles looks after. Um, really, it, you, yes, it's you can't explain it. You have to watch it. Um, Randy, who's shirtless all the time and also looks like he's six and shouldn't be, looks like he's six months pregnant. Yeah, and shouldn't um, be. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of the sorts of comedy I like because it's, uh, I don't know whether you call it, it's, it, it's, it's not what the Americans would call frat boy humour, even though most of it's about, you know, farting, sex, getting stoned, getting drunk. It, it It's different than what I would think, I think of as the sort of frat boy humour. There's actually a sweetness to it in that these guys actually like each other and they, right. they're, they're good to each other, uh, even though right. they're all... Uh, they, you know, their lives are pretty much a mess, and um, you would just die to have any of them as your own friends, probably. But there, it's not a mean humour. Um, there's an affection to it. Uh, the show is not is not sending these people up. Uh, it's it, it it's not mocking these people who live in a trailer park and that. It's and it's not going. Ooh, they're assholes and they're cool. It's just sort of. I don't know. What, I don't even know what the genre is, and I need to come up for a name for it because I really I like it because I like gross out humor. I just don't like certain brands of it, like mm -hmm. you see in a lot of American comedy, what they would call frat boy comedies. Whereas this, I think, has got a um, right. What I don't know. What am I? What are the words I'm looking for, or am I just making something up to make myself feel better about watching this? <laughs> I mean, it's like is it like jackass yeah, humor or yeah. um, or that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, it's definitely it's not necessarily gross out, but it's just douchebag. Not douchebag. That's not right because you think of, uh, but just yeah, just um, lowbrow comedy. I guess. But, but I think 
I don't know. Yes, it's, it's, and but I think the it's thing very is original, these, isn't um, it? these are good people at heart. As I said, it's not they're not mean. Like they don't do things except when there's people they hate. But um, you know, the, at the heart of it, that you know, they actually care about each other and and the people in their lives. Um, so there, there's something something there that's good about them and I we'll talk about that in the other series we're going to talk about too um I think no matter how outlandish and outrageous uh, these people are um they're not bad people and you're not being asked and, and it's funny in contrast to some of the dramas we've talked about like you know Sons of Anarchy or Breaking Bad or something I'd much rather hang out with Ricky and Julian than with Walter White or uh, Jackson yes. Teller, strangely enough. Uh, the others are held up to be right, heroes. These guys yeah. are actually, in a way, heroes because they're, they're characters who are getting by. They're, you know, they're at the low end of the socioeconomic spectrum. <laughs> um, yeah, like the the bu- the bubbles in in this yes. show is a little bit different than the bubbles in the wire. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um... <laughs> I mean, they still sling drugs yes. and, uh, oh, and live I love off the proceeds it... of crime, but just different ways. <laughs> yes. One of them is cute uh, and endearing, and the other one's frightening and scary. Trying to start a a, a cat a trailer park, part of the trailer park for cat owners, which is just delight delightful. What she calls now. a, a pussy. what does he call it? A shed and breakfast. That's right. A shed and breakfast. Shed. <laughs> because he lives in a shed. Apparently, his character was uh, abandoned in the trailer park at age six, <laughs> and he's many. lived in the shed. And that's the other thing. They love kids. cats. How can you? How can you dislike <laughs> characters? See, that's the other thing that uh, yeah. things like you know, well, the Walter White and Jackson Tellers of this world. They don't have pets, and I never trust people who don't like cats or dogs. Whereas uh, everyone, right. everyone in um, <laughs> Uh, trailer Park Boys, both the goldfish and the cats. Uh, people Bell. are very fond yeah. of them. So, uh, and you right. can yeah. So it's all on Netflix, all eight seasons. So you can dive in uh, half hour episodes, obviously. Um, many many laughs to be had. Yeah, uh, so many, and you know, you which the, I will be going lot, back to yeah, watch. Don't you worry. Seasons, but. Um, Oh, good for you. Yeah, no, I think you should, Jules. It's there's some really funny shit in there, and um, you know, it's uh, it's I wouldn't say it's a family comedy, but I know people of all age demographics that just love this show. My wife loves this show. She doesn't like any comedy, and she doesn't like any TV shows. But we watch, we power watched them all the other night, and she was laughing her ass off. She loves these guys. She thinks they're they're super sweet and funny even though it's vulgar drug humor um she still really gets a huge kick out of it it's also nice to see a canadian comedy that's very canadian um i i've talked before about with with dramas and that i like shows that have a strong sense of of place and and culture from where they're about and um you know like both ryan and i live in countries that are pretty much saturated with american um, TV, most of which is, you know, we're more than happy to watch, but it is really nice to see something um, from your own culture. Or, in my case, watching this from someone else's culture that's not American. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but even even then, it's, I mean, it, Canadians are so self-conscious about 
their culture. It's it's you know we we like stuff to be filmed here, but we don't necessarily like it to be about us. About 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 us. About um, so to have this unabashedly Canadian show where they talk about Canadian products or stores or you know these sorts of things. It it, it was a big kick, and it, it still is a big kick for a lot of people. Um, they get a kick out of it. Um, but when it started growing popularity in the States, which was through back channels, by the way, you know, passing tapes and yeah. DVDs along, that sort of old school style, <laughs> um, and then ended up getting picked up by a few networks down in the States. Um, you know, it's, it was, it was a, it was a big deal. And I, I think, I think it still is a big deal. Even, uh, you know, seeing it come out on Netflix like that yep. is, is a pretty big deal. So, um, very fun, very, uh, very proud, uh, little Canadian show, I think. Uh, so tune in if you get a chance and can and find a way to watch Swearnet, uh, which I'd seen as I said before, really having watched Trailer Park Boys, but I, I got the the meta joke if you like. Do watch Swearnet. Um, it's it it is on its own a fucking hilarious movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah. And you don't need to really have seen Trailer Park no, Boys. Well, you have no, because it's yeah. it's not. Yeah, you don't need to have seen it. It it stands on its own, and um, I lolled. I lolled a lot. <laughs> Me too. In fact, we did it out loud at the same time in the same theatre. <laughs> Which was a joy. It was. It was a joy. Um, I can only imagine that it'll be on um, on Netflix soon. Yes. Like, it's not going to spend that much time in the theatre. No, I, w- I, I would... In fact, I think it's gone now. It probably so is. So uh, keep an eye. Look for it on streaming sites near you. Yes. I had to give up drinking for a while because I had a condition called pooing blood. I don't know if you've heard of it. I went to my doctor. He looked at me and said, Jim, you have an enlarged liver. And I said, well, that's brilliant because I drink a lot. That'll come in handy. Jim Jeffries. Legit. Premieres Thursday, January 17th. So on to- okay, only on to- now let's move on to the Australian <laughs> Of our comedy. What's the next show that we're So the next show we're going to look at is uh, sadly cancelled this year after two seasons. Uh, and, and I had heard about it, but just one of those shows, I'd, well, two things. I hadn't got round to watching it, and two, I don't watch comedies. Um, or I rarely watch them on TV, unless Ryan recommends them. Uh, <laughs> and that's Legit, which uh, is an FX show which... I'd heard about because it uh, starred DJ Qualls, who I knew of from primarily from Supernatural. Um, and but I, what I didn't know was that it starred an Australian comedian called Jim Jeffries, who I actually don't know of um, down here. Um, which isn't saying anything about Jim Jeffries. It's just that we have a fuck ton of comedians down here. Um, you can't walk down the street without tripping over an Australian comedian. Uh, oh, is that right? Is stand-up comedy Oh, big? it's huge. Well, the Melbourne Comedy Festival oh, now, okay. I think, is second to Montreal or even bigger than Montreal now. Oh, um, right. I've got the Fringe right. Festival on at the moment, which is probably, you know, 70% stand-up comedy. Um Basically, there are microphones set up on street corners for people to practice their stand-up comedy. <laughs> right, everyone's a comedian then. That, was that a good Aussie accent? No, that accent? was appalling. But, uh, so, yeah, stand-up right. comedy is very big. Uh, I, and as I said, I didn't know, um, and I, I don't think Jim Jeffries does, has a big uh, um, 
uh, profile down here, but that's beside the point. Uh, he stars in Legit as a version of himself, as an Australian comedian trying to make it in the US. Um, his best friend is a guy called Steve, and uh, Steve has a brother called Billy, played by DJ Qualls, who has muscular dystrophy and is basically uh, paralysed and is in a wheelchair. Um, that's the premise of the show. They hang out together. That's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> so, it's not super deep, but uh, it's, it's actually quite funny. Legit re- uh, refers, well, explicitly refers to Jim Jeffries trying to, uh, t- you know, to make it in terms of his career. But um, now, look, I, I didn't know what to expect from this show, and I have absolutely fallen in love with it. Um, it is like nothing, no other comedies you will see. I can both, I I can mourn the fact that it's been cancelled and totally understand why it's been cancelled because it is a type of humour that I think and, and a subject matter that's not, that's, the you know, even cable TV is not quite ready for at this point. So the premise is that uh, DJ Qualls' character Billy ends up moving in with with Jim and and Steve. Uh, he's been living in a I don't know what you call it a supported living uh, yeah. home with uh, a range of other people with a range of other disabilities, both. Um, intellectual disabilities and other physical disabilities. So we we go back to there because he goes there for physical therapy and that. Um, similarly to Trailer Park Boys, there's pro- pro- probably less drug-taking uh, in Legit, just a little bit less, uh, but possibly more sex. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> sex-obsessed. Uh, and there's... I would I will claim it and uh, as a very Australian, um, totally unsentimental, biting, dry humour about everything in the world. And the, uh, Jim Jeffries as the main character is that cringe-worthy sort of person who has no social filter, who says all the things you shouldn't mm-hmm. say. And again, though, at the same time, he's a really good bloke, as we'd say in Australia, mm-hmm. you know. So, He's well, appalling yeah. in many ways, what he says in that. But he's a really <laughs> good bloke. <laughs> yeah, he has a heart. He has a big heart. <laughs> he just doesn't know how to no, use it well, most he's... of the time. And, and the, whole, the whole premise of the show is, is actually based on uh, his stand-up. After he, he left uh, Australia and actually lived in England mm. for 10 years where he did stand-up. This is probably why you don't really know of him, because uh, he actually comes from the England stand-up comedy. Um, he has a story, which is absolutely true, and that's what the show is based on, of him and his buddy taking his buddy's brother, who has muscular dystrophy, to see mm. a prostitute, which is what happens essentially in the first episode of Legit. He takes Billy in the wheelchair to go and get him laid for the first time in his life. Um, and that's a story that Jim's been telling for years, and then sort of use that to turn it into this uh, sitcom where you know he end, they end up moving in and, and hanging out and taking care of each other. and. Um, learning from from one another and that sort of thing. Um, yes, he's got a very appalling <laughs> sense of humor, and a lot of the things he does are just uh, I don't think far from the truth, but still really fucking qu- cringe worthy. Um, his stand up tends to be like that as well. It's very um, risque. <laughs> uh, he says a lot of stuff that most comedians would just stay away from. 
Um, and he uses the C word a lot, if you can believe that. What, what, what word's that? What? I don't want to say it. Ryan no, doesn't like say saying cunt, everyone. I don't. Um, I, oh, I do, I do enjoy it, just not in the podcast, because I have uh, a class, that's what it's called. <laughs> I don't like that um, C word. <laughs> so I came across this show uh, when it first started airing, and I, I tweeted about it quite a bit, and I love it. I fell in love with the show right away. It's got a heart. It's really funny. Um, Jim Jeffries is not afraid to put himself, make himself look like the ass, that's for sure, or make him look no, like the fool. Um, yes. You know, nothing is off the board. There's, there's nothing that they, they're not going to talk about or not going to do. Um, you know, a little bit depressing. His buddy Steve was a little bit depressing, but then you get um, uh, the other guy. Was it Randy? Was that the friend that would come over yes, with yeah. uh, Down syndrome? Oh, uh, Rodney, Rodney. Rodney, yeah. Hilarious. Just so funny. Um, apparently, the story that Jim Jeffries tells is he actually does it in the, his latest stand up was uh, when they were auditioning for DJ Qual's role uh, of Billy, he wanted to hire somebody who had muscular dystrophy that was an actor. Yes. And they tested all these people, and none of them could act, or none of them had muscular dystrophy. And uh, they got this guy in, and, and he, you know, he was quite far off in his wheelchair you know he, he could had to be carried in by a nurse and but his line readings he just nailed it every time and it was funny and they had banter and everything and, and jim's like this is this is our guy this is the guy that's going to play billy like he's really good and uh so the the thing was over so jim helped him out and he you know carried him down the stairs out back to the the van and and everything and you know was telling the guy you know you did really good and you know carrying this guy out there and um uh, then they start looking at his headshots, and they're like, geez, he, he really looks good in these headshots, doesn't he? He doesn't, he doesn't look crippled at all. Or Turns out the guy wasn't crippled at all, and, <laughs> and he was just acting. But yeah, Jim was kind of pissed off that it, he let it go as far as to right. be carried down the stairs and out to the truck without saying anything that he didn't cast them. They went out with DJ Qualls instead. And there was, I mean, uh, you know, this is a, a topic that comes up uh, regularly these days. There was criticism before the show had started that they had, you know, cast someone who wasn't in a wheelchair at the very least uh, in that in that role. Um, I, from what I, I went back and, and read once the show started, and they certainly cast uh, a large number of people with a variety of disabilities, uh, Rodney being probably the main one, um, but a number of others who who appear in it as well, um, and the way the show handles people living with with disabilities, that um, there was less less concern over having cast someone like DJ Qualls, who obviously isn't in a wheelchair, uh, in that main role, and it, you know it stands out as you know we're very much used to. Uh, you know, people people with certainly either physical or, or uh, intellectual disabilities on TV turning up in the very special episode and, uh, you know, they're usually portrayed as, you know, they're either, you know, they're saints, you know, and they're inspirational and uh, mm -hmm. this is... Yeah, they're never assholes. No, just this is totally unsentimental. <laughs> Billy is, you know... He's this guy, and yeah, sometimes he's a real dick. Uh, apparently, has a very yeah. large dick. Uh, apparently, <laughs> um, so the the humour is uh, he spans the range of yes, they he's he's someone who um, has a disability, but there is no this is a buddy comedy 
Uh, it's three guys living together who, who are all a bit fucked in different ways. Uh, and the fact that there's this supporting, you know, cast is, you know, primarily people with with various sorts of disabilities is is played so well uh, because they are. They're dicks and assholes and they're exactly the same sort of blokes that, that you know, Jim, Jim is as well and they get him on a number of occasions. Uh, uh, he gets brought down by them uh, as well. It's also got, again, a good heart without being sentimental, which I think I'll, I'll claim as the Australian uh, part of it because we don't do sentimental. So it, it has, you know, yeah. and every moment where there's sort of a a nice moment will be undercut by a cat getting run over or something, you know. So it's, sure, something ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. So just just when there's sort of a, a, a good moment, uh, that will happen. There is more of a, a probably a, a through, a bit of a narrative runs through this than, say, trailer. Oh, it is in Trailer Park Boys as well, I suppose. But, you know, so there are relationships come and go and, um, Steve's relationship with his ex-wife is sort of a running thing, um, but yeah, again, I love seeing uh, Australian humour in the American context and also the Australian point of view. There's a hilarious scene at a baseball game where Jim Jeffries <laughs> articulates what every Australian thinks at those sort of things, like, why do you always sing the fucking national anthem? What's all this hand-on-your-heart bullshit? And, you know, I'm not going to say God loves America. Maybe God's just okay about America. Um, <laughs> it's abs- And the, you know, uh, what's, he's got a whole line about how Americans are stupid but confident, whereas the rest of the world, you know, he's going like, and in China, they're like really, really smart. They're just not as confident. And anyway, it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, and of course, something. He, he, he brings a lot of his stand up into the show as well, which is, which is pretty funny. I mean, to have good stand up bits that you've thought about for years and fleshed out and then yes. be, be able to use those in a sitcom is, is pretty, is this yeah. a sitcom? Yeah. I'd, 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 yeah, well, I think so. Right. In a different con, as I said, it's about three, Three guys who live together, uh, and 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 about their you know dating and relationships and you know it's got all the you know it's two and a half men but it's funny uh, <laughs> and it's smart yeah. and it takes yeah. risks in a lot of ways. Uh, it certainly pushes uh, pushes boundaries of what you see on television about uh, a lot of issues. Well, but and and this is. If this is on FX, can you imagine if it was on yeah. Stars or Showtime or And HBO? it's unfortunate they moved it from FX to FXX, which is like the, the back room yeah. of FX, and then it. they didn't renew it for a third yeah. season. I I think the reason we're reviewing it, though, is because it's really, really good. You should watch it because it's hilarious, but it also shows you what comedy on TV can be like and that it can push... It can be, can be hilarious yeah. on a whole yeah. lot of levels, and there'd be a lot of people watch this because there's lots of dick jokes in it, and it's you know it's got that sort of humour we're talking about. For- lots of uncomfortable yeah, moments, but it is also legitimately pushing some boundaries, and um, and I think particularly in having you know characters integrated into a uh, into a show with with disabilities in a way we haven't haven't seen before like oh my god they're people too um yes yeah which i think is fantastic and i don't you know i I would love to see more of that and and that was one of jim's big things is he wanted 
he wanted to cast people that had different abilities, and I think that's admirable, uh, and it would be great to see more of it, I yes. think. Yeah, and, and it shows that you know, it's, it shouldn't need to be demonstrated, but is is you know, and some of the people, particularly uh, Nick Daly, who plays Rodney, is hilarious. He is just, um, you know, he's a real funny, s- yeah. uh, scene stealer. Um, so, yeah, I would highly recommend it. It uh, and also look, it's a great showcase for DJ Qualls. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. he's where he gets to play <laughs> a virgin again. <laughs> Not for. What did he say? He's played a virgin like nine <laughs> times or ten times or something. He's like, I'm 38 <laughs> years old. How can I still be a virgin in all these At least things? he loses his virginity in the first episode of this, though. And yeah, it is exactly. established and repeated quite often that he has a huge cock. Um, yeah, but- that's right. And Jim gets first-hand oh. knowledge of that. <laughs> ends up in his mouth at one point. Um, it, it really, um, again, though, it's... Uh, I wouldn't be liking it if it was just dick jokes. Um, there, there's a lot more to it than that. But at the same time, it's you know, it's not a show with a message, but it's a show that does poke you a lot because you react to things and you're <laughs> like, "What? That's outrageous!" And it's really funny. Um, yes. In, How far did you get? I watched all the first season, so I haven't watched the second season. Did you see the episode with his mum when his no, mum and I dad seen came? That. Okay. Uh, that was the second. I think you'll like that too. She's this apparently is quite like his real mum, where she's this big woman who just is always on the verge of dying, or she thinks she's always on the verge of dying, and that nobody's taking care of her, nobody cares about her, and she's really quite a funny character. And then his dad is this. Oh, that's the other thing we didn't mention. Um, hello, the show has oh, John yes. Ratzenberger in it. <laughs> Uh, by the way, so, and uh, his mom is played by Mindy um, Sterling. What's her name? Mindy Sterling. What is it? Mindy Sterling it was hilarious. Yes. Uh, so they play Billy and Steve's um, parents. Oh, yeah. Billy and Steve's parents, right? Uh, Jim's parents come over, uh, the big lady, and then the little Australian outback guy. And uh, there's a great episode where the boys and the two dads are going to go to the water park. But they stop off at the time of Seuss first, and they all get and they all get hand jobs. <laughs> it's that sort of show. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's that sort of show. And then Jim's so upset that his dad would do this on his mom, and uh, it gets it gets all or or Steve's upset that his dad would do this on his mom, and it gets all emotional. And uh, it's it's actually really funny. And John Ratzenberger is fantastic. And it, near the end of the second season, actually moves oh. in with all the boys, uh, which is. Friggin' hilarious well, I, as well. I can't, it wasn't, it's um, not up on Netflix yet, so um, I'll... Uh, oh, okay. Um, um, a little bit too many cocaine jokes for me. I don't really understand that. I've never been part of that scene, but uh, I didn't really get a lot of the references they made to that sort of thing. Um, uh, very, very American all in all, comedy I thought it was circuit pretty, jokes. <laughs> it must be, yeah. Certainly not, certainly not Australian, because uh, we don't if have not just for, cocaine down here. Um <laughs> Right, <laughs> a little bit of information. But if 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 anything, just tune in yeah. to see John Ratzenberger. And look, I hope amazing. Jim Jeffries gets. I'd like to see what he does next because I think he's um, uh, he's excellent in this. Shades of um, I've gone blank now. Say something while I, my brain comes back. Um, it's funny, Dan Bacondall, the guy who plays Steve. Uh, his name's Steve and Billy yes. Nugent is their last name. That's actually Jim's real name. His name's Jeff huh. Nugent. 
And he changed it to Jim Um Jeffries. Who was I trying to think of? I am trying to think of... Ramona. Oh, Ramona's amazing. Ra- so she, yeah, she, she's great. The nurse that looks after uh, Billy. Yes. Uh, so there's, you know, the supporting cast is stellar. Uh, they're they're all brilliant comedians, and um, you know, look, I hope all of them go on and, um, uh, you know, yes, get get other jobs. Ricky Gervais. That's who I was trying to think of. There's shades of Ricky Gervais. I think about Jim Jeffries. Really interesting. Hmm. Just shades occasionally hmm. of of. Uh, it's more his um, speech patterns and that rather than content. Um, but maybe that's from his time in England, maybe. Uh, I don't M- Must be, I yeah. don't know, but there was just a bit of Ricky Gervais about him. But I do hope he, um, uh, I do hope he picks up some more, some more work because I would like to see him. Um, and, and obviously he's a yeah, good writer. Ch- check out his stand-up too. I think, you'll, I think you especially will really like his stand-up. I certainly will. And apparently the logline for le- the, the logline for legit was he wants to help in the worst way. <laughs> um, and I'm just reading apparently this year, which I haven't seen. Oh no, it's coming out next year. Is he made a um, a movie here in Australia with Greg Fleet, who I am very familiar with, who's a very uh, hilarious Australian comedian called Me and My Mates versus a Zombie Apocalypse. So I'll let you know when that hits uh, hits the screens out here. Oh, that sounds like it'll be very fun. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Julesian, what are we watching? Or what are we watching this week to review on the next episode? Um, well, next week up we had Selfie and House of Cards. Is that next week? Yes. I don't think you're putting stuff into the calendar, It's in the Jules. calendar. Is it, it in the calendar, is, Jules, or it is, is it is, not in the it calendar? It is in the calendar. I typed it all up. I've got a printout in front of me. How could you have a printout of the calendar? Oh, not the, the calendar, calendar sorry. Calendar. No, okay, it's not in the calendar. It's on the... Anyway, we'll discuss our uh, lack of organisation for scheduling things. Well, we, you know what, Jules? We said that last week, and then we didn't okay, discuss it. Well... So everyone's going to have to sit through this, because <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> Don't make me pull this car over. <laughs> no. Um, and now, how many episodes have we had of Selfie's selfie? only had one so far, so it'll have one next week. Well, then we can't fucking do uh, okay. it. Okay, we, we could put in. Z- how was that for it was terrible as well. We could put in Z Nation, okay. also starring DJ, which will have had three episodes. Oh God, I thought we were doing Black Sails and Musketeers next week. I've got. That's. A- that's what's in the real calendar. Oh, okay. Uh, no, we do need to talk about this off offline because I've got that coming up much later. Anyway, right, uh, we'll thank you for listening to us try and organise. If anyone would oh. like to apply for the position of intern to organise our lives, um, yeah, no just kidding. tweet us at TV Chinwag. It doesn't pay anything. <laughs> We'd be very grateful. <laughs> in fact, you'll probably just you'll get yelled probably, at. Well, would you sell, <laughs> save us yelling at each other, although we both enjoy that quite a bit. Um, uh, qualified candidates will live in both time yeah. zones simultaneously. <laughs> Uh, yes, and you, you'll have to travel at your own expense between um, Canada and Australia. 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 And I might try and find some Australian comedy for Ryan to watch that we could review at some point. Uh, thank you for listening. Go check out Trailer Park Boys, Swearnet and Legit. Uh, 
tweet G- DJ Qualls and tell him you're sorry it got cancelled belatedly. <laughs> Jules, everyone keeps telling me that you're Trailer Park Boys, but you know what? In my books, you're you're legit. <laughs> oh, Ryan. I'm just crying one perfect tear right now. Righto. Talk to you next see week. See you next... See you... See you next Bye. week. Chookers. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. Send email to fans at tvchinwag.com or follow on Twitter at tvchinwag. Music for this podcast provided by YouTube Music. For Ryan, Jules, and myself, Rich Rubin, thanks for listening to TV Chinwag.